All right, Yellow Full Vosinus, let's get First uh, Timothy chapter four. And uh, you can get First Timothy four in your right hand, in your left hand, Luke chapter 19. First Timothy four, and just going to read a little bit of a verse. <laughs> it's, it's time for Sunday school. <laughs> Every parent is looking out the door going, was that my child? <laughs> was that my child? <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Hey, it's, it's wonderful though, isn't it, to have, to have your kid excited about Sunday school? I, I wouldn't mind if some adults came to Sunday school like that, you know. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Amen. <laughs> Luke chapter 19 in your left hand, 1 Timothy 4. And today, this is a standalone lesson. I'm not starting a new series. As you know, I've, I, I finished the uh, tricky topics last Sunday. And I believe, if God doesn't change it, I'm going to start uh, giving you the book of Daniel. I think I'm going to take you through the book of Daniel next. But we'll, we'll see what the Lord does. I might give you another standalone lesson here and there. But uh, today, I'm going to teach you a lesson or preach to you maybe. 1 Timothy 4, verse 13, it's, the name of the lesson is give attendance. You can see it in the verse. Paul says to Timothy, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Give attendance. Another way to say it, pay attention. Take heed. Watch out for this. Put some emphasis on it. Focus on this, right? I'm, I'm just trying to give you other words that you might know it by, maybe able to associate it in your mind. Give attendance. Uh, in Luke chapter 19, at, all the way at the end of the chapter, verses 47 and 48. Luke 19, verses 47 and 48. The Bible says, and he, that's Jesus, he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priest and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. So here he is, the creator of the universe, manifest in human flesh, the master, teaching daily. Every day he has something to say. Every day. And these people are looking for a way not only to not listen, but to destroy him. Verse 48, and those people wanting to destroy, it says, could not find what they might do for all the people were very attentive to hear him. I'm going to show you the verse later, but you know it already. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He seeks to, verse 47, destroy. Now, what is one thing we can do to protect ourselves against that sudden destruction the devil would want to bring across our lives? Verse 48, pay close attention. When Jesus is speaking, pay close attention. It doesn't say in verse 48, be attentive. Right? It, it doesn't say the people were attentive. It says they were very attentive. That's not the person who's casually listening, and if Jesus tells a funny joke, their ears perk up and they go, hey, that was funny. I'll, I'll go home and retell that joke. This is the person that was hungry to hear something from God before they showed up at the temple. And when they got there, they are on the edge of the seat. They pushed all the other distractions aside. They shut their cell phones off. They're, you know, every, kids quiet down. I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. Very attentive. This is exactly the posture that we should have, not just on a Sunday morning, 
Sunday night, during our church services, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night, God knows we have enough times that we get together. But as often as Jesus is trying to speak to us, to be very attentive, to lean in and go, what was that? Hang on. I can't take another step until I get that thing right. What what was that you said? And knowing that on a daily basis, I didn't ask Armand to choose the song that he chose. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Right? He's saying something. You say, but I don't hear it. The problem might be the attention, right? We have spiritual ADHD. <laughs> we have that ADD thing going on. We don't need Ritalin. We just need to calm down and focus and say, this is important. You can't miss this. Let me, let me give you, a, we're going to go through a lot of verses here. Come to Psalms or as Yella say, Pasalam, Pasalam, verse seven, or chapter 17, sorry. Psalm 17. <clears throat> you know, when Jesus would say to people, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. This is part of having ears to hear. It's the person who knows how important the words are that are coming out of Jesus' mouth. They may not fully understand them, but they want to. Does that make sense? We will not fully understand everything that we read and hear from the Bible. We won't because this is God's book, not man's book. But the, and, and you see this. When Jesus would say, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. You know what you often find in those passages? The disciples would come right after that and go, okay, explain it to us. What's that mean? Remember that? Matthew 13, he gives the parable of the sower and the seed. And Jesus ends the parable with, who hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And the next thing you read is they came privately and said, explain it to us. That's the person who's very attentive. And if they miss something, they go, okay, let let me round out my understanding. It's important. Psalm 17, verse 1. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. So God, I'm not just faking this. I'm not putting on a a pity party. I'm not trying to make my problem bigger than it is. I really do want your help. Now notice what the psalmist says. David says, Lord, attend unto my cry. You know what we want the Lord to do when we talk to Him? We want Him to pay attention. Don't we? Verse 2, let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Lord, look on my situation And please, God, see that I'm not being treated fairly. Lord, look on this and make it right. We want him to give attendance. Come to Psalm 55. I'm going to give you several verses with the same idea in it just to emphasize the point. Psalm 55, verse 1, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Hide not thyself. Have you ever prayed, and it feels as if God is nowhere to be found? Right? We've all been there, I think. Right? And the prayer here is, hide not thyself. Verse 2, attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint 
and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked and so forth. God, I'm going through something tough. And I've stepped into the prayer closet to pour out my heart and to mourn in my complaint, to tell you how sad I am. And God, please take it seriously. When I cry out and my heart's broken, God, would you please show up and tell me that you're afflicted with my afflictions? Please, God, pay attention when I pray. Sounds kind of strange to say it like that, but do you see that word attend unto me? That's what he's saying. Look at chapter 61. Chapter 61. Verse 1. 61 and 1. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Because sometimes we're so weak, we can't find our way back to that rock. We know who our rock is, yes. That rock was Christ. Lord, I know I need to get back closer to you. I'm going through something so tough, but God, I'm reaching out my hand. Now please attend to me. Grab hold of my hand and lead me, Lord. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. You know, when when he says, attend unto my prayer, it's as if he's saying, move my prayer to the front of the queue. We've all, this is South Africa, we've all stood in queues that are way too long, like ungodly long. (laughs) You walk in and go, how? How did this many people get here? And, And how does the line not move for two hours straight? If we could only get bumped to the front of the queue because they don't know how much I have going on in my day. They don't know how heartbreaking this is to stand in this queue. Just move me to the front of the line. If you knew how important my request was, you would just bump me up. You would attend unto me first. And and, and that's what we want. God, can you stamp this urgent and move my prayer request to the front of the queue? Because I really need your help right now. I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but let's flip that around. The Lord comes to you and he's trying to say something. He says, listen, I know you got a lot going on in your life, but, but God the Holy Ghost has been standing in the queue of your life for two hours and nothing's moving. You're not getting anything done. You think you are. I mean, you're running around in circles, chasing your tail, doing the worldly thing and really not getting a lot done. But, but I've been trying to get your attention for days and weeks and months. If you could just take my commands, my words, and put it to the front of the queue of your life, you might actually handle these other things a whole lot better just why don't you put my request to the front of the queue you you see where i'm going with this we want this from the lord and he says hey that's what i want too (laughs) What, what do you know that's exactly what i want i want you to give attendance to my words when i speak look at chapter 86 Chapter 86, and we'll get verse number 1. Chapter 86, 1. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Bow down thine ear, Lord. What a thing to say to him. We don't deserve that, but that's what we ask for. Come on down to verse number 6. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. For in the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. 
for thou wilt answer me. God, I'm, I'm calling out to you and I'm, I'm asking you to attend unto my prayer because I know it's not a useless request. I know that you, when I pray, you do take it seriously. I, I know that he does because he says that he does. I don't, he doesn't have to give me the warm fuzzies. Do you understand what I mean? I don't have to have a feeling. I don't have to have an ecstatic experience. I know his posture towards me when I begin to cry from unfeigned lips. There's nothing fake, nothing false, no guile, I'm no, no pretense. I'm not putting on a show. Really, God, I don't even know how to say it, but my heart is broken. I need you. Please show up. God says, I, I hear you. I hear every word, every, every tear. I got a bottle right here. I'm catching every tear. I, I'm right there. Look at Psalm 142. That is exactly how God wants us to be when he's speaking to us. All right, God, I hear you. <clears throat> You're trying to get my attention. I got my notebook out. Whether it's a physical one or writing on the table of your heart, God, I'm, you, I'm getting it. Every word, I'm listening. Ear bowed down. Here I go. Psalm 142, verse, <clears throat> let's get verse number five. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. So what do you have in this world? Well, I got God. He's my portion. He's my exceeding great reward. Verse six, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. All right, now I've given you these series of verses. Obviously, we could go another dozen or so, but you're getting the point. When, when we're down and out, we want God to pay attention. And, and I don't mean that in the rude kind of way, like, hey, pay attention. Not, not like that. But we, we want God to actually care about what we're going through. Take your Bible, look at Psalm 40. <clears throat> Psalm 40. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Now, just, just think of this. We begin to pray, and it may not, we may not recognize it instantly. We begin to pray, bow down thine ear, O Lord, attend unto my cry. You know what the Lord does? He inclines unto me. So here He is on His throne and, he, and he, just le he gets to the edge of the throne, right? To incline, not, not recline, incline. He, he gets to the edge of his throne and leans over, cups his hand to his ear and says, what's that you're saying? He, he's paying that much attention to you and I when we speak to him. Now, the charge is often brought against God, but God, I'm going through this and that, and you're just nowhere to be seen. I, I don't see your hand. I don't feel your presence and Listen, there's a deep answer as to why God would sometimes hide His face. It appears like that to us. And that's, that is a, a lesson worth having. But can I just say, for the point of my lesson today, what I'm trying to show you is what we expect from God is exactly what He would like from us. That when He speaks, we, we come to the edge of our seat, push everything out and go, no, 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 shh, shh, shh. What was that? Say that again, God. I want to make sure I got that. Jacob, running, fleeing from his homeland. 
stones for pillows. God shows him this dream with the ladder set up to heaven. He didn't know it. He thought, that's it. I'm, I'm forsaken. I'm on my own now. My family has pushed me out of the house and I've got to go find a wife in this other land. I'm kind of wandering. It's very dangerous. Am I going to make it? And God shows up and says, hey, heaven is on the scene. You may not know it, but the ladder stretches from heaven down to earth and there's angels moving up and down on it. Oh, heaven is busy attending to your problem even before you know it. He woke up and he said, surely, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. He went to bed, that makeshift bed, thinking God is paying no attention to me. And in the dream, God says the exact opposite. Oh, no, no. I know all about your problem. And I got angels up and down, running up and down, taking care of this. And by the way, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. I'm going to get you to that other place, and I'm going to get you back. This land that you're sleeping on, it's yours. And he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord was in this place. And I, I didn't know it. You know why? He wasn't paying attention. He was so focused on his problem, and rightfully so. A guilty conscience will do that to you. He just lied and cheated his way into the Abrahamic blessing. It's really hard to pay attention to the things of God when you've been lying, cheating, stealing, every other bad thing throughout the week. It's hard to focus in on the things of God. You know, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. And then a conditional. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. I promise that Jesus will do his part. He will show up and knock. He's waiting for us to do our part, to give attendance, to, to get up and go open the door and say, okay, I, I hear the knocking. I know you want to step in and sup with me and me with you. So here we go, Lord. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. When my son was younger, I've, many of you know, we have two older children that are moved out of the house, now live in America, both serving the Lord, thank God, doing real well, real well. My son, I, I um, well, I love that boy. I miss him. When he was young, Caleb, wow, there was one, one thing that I would tell that boy about five times a day at the minimum. I'd say, son, pay attention. Boy, what's wrong with you? Pay attention. <laughs> he would be walking through the house. You know how boys are, little boys. I guess little girls could do this too, but that little boy, he'd have something in his hand, a toy or whatever, and just walk along, do, 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 bam, right into a wall. Boy, pay attention. You just walked into a wall. <laughs> he could, he was, one, he was just a clumsy young man. And I'd say, son, just pay attention to what you're doing. He'd hurt himself. Silly stuff. One day he'd come home into the house with a porcupine. Small little porcupine. I said, son, what are you doing? Look what I found. <laughs> what? pay attention that can hurt you. Put it back outside. <laughs> pay attention. I don't know how many times I'd say that to him. Pay attention, pay attention. You know, he called me a few months ago, I guess now. And now he's got a good job in America. And he called me, he said, dad, I just wanted to say thank you. I said, what's going on? He said, 
You remember all those times you said, pay attention? I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. He said, that was great advice. He said, because when I go to work now and my boss says something, all the other people are not paying attention. They're not listening to the directive coming from the boss. Since I'm focused in, I get the job done, and everybody else is going, what the boss say, what the boss say, and I'm getting the job done, and hence he has gotten promotions at every job he's had. He said, that thing about paying attention has really helped because when somebody's speaking and I need to focus in, I know how important it is. Man, if we could only get that through our heads when it comes to the Lord. Proverbs 4, look at verse 1. Now, obviously, this is Solomon speaking to his son, but I think you'll easily see how our heavenly Father, speaking to us as his children, this is applicable. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to know understanding. What does that mean, to attend to know understanding? To understand something is to be able to wrap your head around the big picture. To not see just how one or two things work, but see how all of those things work together to accomplish one big thing. That's understanding. How do you know how everything works? The big picture. You got to show up. You got to pay attention. You got to take some time and reflect on it and look at it from this angle and go, okay, yeah, I see how, okay, that, 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 yeah, got that, okay. Now let's look over here. Okay, got that, okay, got that. When Solomon's speaking, if his son isn't paying attention, he's not going to get it. He says, boy, listen up, listen up. Hey, hey, kijk hier. Leister, leister, booty, leister. Attend. Hey, 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 attend. Don't look at your cell phone. Right here, attend. Stop thinking about your job tomorrow morning. Your job will be there in the morning. Pay attention. Lock in. Focus. I know you're going out to eat. I know. I know. The braai will be there when we're done. Chapter 5, verse 1, my sin, uh, my sin, my, my sin, <laughs> Freudian slip, my son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. People say, you know, I struggle to remember what I've read. I, str- I struggle to memorize the Bible. Okay, now it's one thing to memorize, you know, every syllable, and I get that, but you'll retain a lot more if you pay attention. You know where I memorize most of the verses that I know? Listening to my pastor preach. Really. That's how, I'm, that's how they stuck in my memory. I'd focus in. And that's where I got most of them. Look at chapter 7, verse 24. Chapter 7, verse 24, Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Can you see how God would be saying that to us? Can you read that coming from God's lips? Verse 25, Let not thine heart decline to her ways. So you can incline towards God, and then not, that prevents you from declining towards the wrong things. Attend, he says. Get to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you want to know, you got to show up. And when you show up, you got to pay attention. I preached a sermon some years ago here called Be in the Room. When you're in the room, be in the room, all of you. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, strength. Be in the room. Don't let part of you be somewhere else. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Get your whole mind right here. 
1 Corinthians 7, verse 35. Paul says, and this I speak for your own profit. So I'm trying to help you get ahead. What has he just said? Well, all the way back up to verse 29, he's given us some balance. They that have wives be as though they had none. They that possess as though they possess not. They that weep as though they wept not. He's trying to give you balance. And then verses 32, 33, 34, he says, listen, guys, there's a difference between an unmarried person and a married person. Unmarried people have the opportunity to devote themselves completely to the things of God. If you're married, you will have to divide your time and focus on your marriage. And the same thing is true, right? The same principle is true if you have a job. When you're at work, that's not the time to read your Bible. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're not, they're not paying you to read the Bible. Wow, I'm getting nothing on that. They're not. They're not. They're not paying you to evangelize. That's a byproduct of you just doing a good job. Amen. I brought a few extra amens. I'll put put one. I'll sprinkle a few on there. Amen, pastor. That's good preaching. I know. I'm just going to give it to you. There's a principle here. Verse 35, I speak this for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you. So I'm not trying to divide your attention so that you never do the right thing. I'm trying to show you that it's okay to divide your time and pay attention to different things at different times. That's okay. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, so that it it works out right, beautiful, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So watch how this works. If we ignore our marriages, and that's, that's the topic that he's discussing in this passage. But you can plug in your job or what, anything else that wants, that's important in life. You can plug it in. If we ignore our marriage and just go about serving the Lord, that might work for a few days. But eventually your marriage is going to break down. And then you'll have to stop serving the Lord as you would like to and pay a lot more attention to your marriage. And it will be harder and more difficult to fix the marriage because you let it dissolve and break down. Whereas if you were to try to balance that out and say, now it's time to care for the things of the world, how I may please my wife. Verse 32, 33. Let me pay attention to her for a little bit. Let me keep this this relationship maintenance well. Then when it's time for me to focus in on the Lord, I don't have in the back of my mind, oh, shame, but... My wife's in this and that bad condition and things aren't right. Guys, do you remember this verse? All the men in this room should know this verse. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, right? How does that verse end up? Right, we give honor unto the weaker vessel as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. So when it's time to pay attention to her, focus. Focus. Ladies, does this sound familiar? Hey, honey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Today, I did. And husband going, yeah, uh huh, 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 uh huh,
you just checked out? Gone. You weren't paying attention. Hey, this is simple. You know how this goes. You know what's going to happen next? You're going to hear the same thing, but with a worse tone. <laughs> All right. Leister. Leister on it. Leister on it. Ek het vir jou gesê. It just gets bad. Right? And, and your, your wife would just not, now ladies, make sure you get the man's attention before you start in with the da-da-da-da-da, right? Just give him a moment to put aside everything else he's thinking. Now focus, lace it. Okay, you with me? Yeah, good. Commercials on? Good. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then, and then tell, guys, focus in. She would like some undivided attention. She deserves that. You know why? Because when you said, I do, you were committing to give her that type of attention. You were committing to maintenance that relationship and pay attention to it. Ultimately, that will, if that thing is working, and there are always going to be times you need to spend some extra time working on that. It's the same thing at work. Sometimes you have to put a little in, little, uh, some extra hours in, something like that. Students, yes, sometimes you've got to put a few more hours into studying. You should, you should, but then we do that, we keep up with those things so that they don't eat into our time, they don't eat into our schedules, so that when it's time to focus in on the things of God, we can do that. Because here's what we do, okay, I can see things are struggling in my marriage, I'll pay more attention to that, job, school, whatever, the, you know, plug it in. Okay, no, I'll go put more attention to it. But when do we do that for the Lord? How about we regularly lean in and go, okay, God, no, I'm paying attention. Everything else aside, here, Lord, give it to me. What you got? I want to attend upon the Lord without distraction. Come over to 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Now that word be sober in other places is translated as <clears throat> watch. Remember like Jesus saying watch and pray? I'm going to show you a verse just now in Peter where it's actually translated like that as well. Be sober, be vigilant. You understand vigilant? Both eyes open. Both eyes open. And, and you're looking around. Right? Here we go. Okay, what's going on? This side, this side. All right? That's vigilant. Vigilant. In, in Malawi, I used, to, I used to walk around quite a bit when I preached. Even here, I used to walk around quite a bit more when I preached. As I've gotten older, it's not that I'm out of shape. It's just the camera's on. To be honest, that's why I don't want to bug the cameraman. Otherwise, I would walk around a little bit more. But I, I used to tell people in Malawi, I, I'm walking over here because this is the only eye that is open. Your other eye is starting to... I said, I'm over here now because this is the only eye that can see me. <laughs> so I'll speak to this eye, and when that other eye pops open, I'll be over there. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, the reason I'm giving you this verse <clears throat> is to show you that when it comes to 
finding victory in the spiritual battle, you've got to pay attention. You're not going to overcome and find victory accidentally. It doesn't doesn't rain down from the sky and just plop on your head. You've got to be looking for what the devil might be doing and how he might be interfering. Pay attention to that and say, "Uh uh-oh, I can see something is happening here. And then, Lord, I need some help with this. If we just buzz right through life, not trying, not, not accepting the fact that the devil is going to interfere from time to time. Without accepting the fact that God is going to try to direct my steps, right? That's what he said he would do. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your steps, right? Okay, so God, I expect that you will do that. But I'm going to miss it if I'm not paying attention. How many of you times have you claimed this verse, James 1.5? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and it shall be given him. Right? He upbraideth not. God's not upset when you say, God, I don't know what to do. I need help. I need wisdom. God's never upset with that. That's an honest request. You know how I pray that? I say, Lord, you said you'd give me wisdom. Now please give me ears to hear that when you tell me what to do, I don't miss it. Because I know he's going to answer that prayer. The problem is I may not be paying attention when he does. So God, help me. I want to be on the edge of my chair, inclined, eyes open, watching what's going on. Biblically interpreting what's going on in my life. So that I can say, God, I can see what the devil, the world, the flesh is doing here. You've already told me how to handle this. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to start doing what, I'll take your words and put them into practice there. See, I'm not just reacting by feelings, I'm reacting by faith. Jesus has something to say about my enemies and how I should treat them. About my wife, about my job, about my money, all of these things. And then I start applying them. But you can't do that if you're not paying attention. Recently, you know, on Thursday nights, we just finished a uh, series of lessons on, this, on spiritual warfare and how many months did we do that? That was from March, right? That was, what, five months, I guess, something like that. It was quite a long series. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I had many people coming and saying, Brother Mike, did you record it? And, and the answer was no. And uh, I get it, because we do record everything else. Well, why was this different? And I actually did touch on it a couple of times, but I, I'm going to say a little bit more about it now. And guys, I know, I, I understand. Not everybody can be there physically in the room. I, I get that. So please... Do not think I'm making one blanket condemnation on, you know, if you weren't there on a Thursday night. I get that. But here's the reason I didn't record it. Because in order to overcome in these spiritual battles, a big part of it is making time to be there. You have got to put in the effort. Overcoming in the spiritual battle is never done through convenience. Go, well, if I have time... And whenever it's convenient for me, then I'll just, you know, hit play and listen to it at my own pace. That, that's, I, I get it. I, I, I want to be sure you're, I'm clear on this. I know that there are unique circumstances where that is the best you could do. That you just, there was no choice. You couldn't be there. And I get that. But for a lot of folks, you could move some things around in your life so that you could be there. And if you want to overcome, that's what it, that's what it takes. When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, 
The Bible says they would forsake all. Isn't that what he asked for? Forsaking all. Take up your cross daily. Follow me. Jesus did not open himself to negotiation and say, okay, you tell me how much you're comfortable with in your discipleship and then we'll make a plan. He expected them. The Bible says when he chose his apostles, they were to be with him. They had to show up. They could not phone in or mail in their discipleship. They had to be there. And that does require sacrifice and time. This is why, and I don't mind saying this, even though I know some people are watching by YouTube, and I know many people use it in a good way because it is their only or best option. But I know there's plenty of people that could be here, but it's just more convenient to watch it by YouTube. You know what happened during lockdown? And I've heard this from multiple people. At first, it was kind of exciting. Man, we're going to church in our pajamas. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> I'm worshiping God in my pajamas. It was so neat. And everybody's gathered around the TV. We're watching men pastors on TV, and the kids are going, hey, Pastor Mike, it's Pastor Mike. It's just kind of neat. But then after three or four weeks of that, the, the TV's on or the computer's on, but your phone is also there. And something happens and then a pause and then just your mind gets divided and your heart is over here. Your heart's really not in it. And I tell you, it was one of the most refreshing things for us as a church to get to come back to church. Do you guys remember those first few services after they lifted the regulation? We were able to come back. Man, I don't know what I preached. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I was just here going, hey, man, we're here. <laughs> Praise God, we're here. It was just something because it, it's as if, Lord, I want to show you how important you are rather than doing the least I can do. Here, let me, let me go ahead and get dressed and get up and go to the place and sit down and put some effort into it and walk out going, God, I gave you a few hours on a Sunday morning. There was just something fulfilling about that. So I didn't record the lessons because I didn't want to cheat you. I didn't want to cheat you of the opportunity to put a little extra into it and be there. Rainier, I don't know what happened there. Mike shot up there. Look at 1 Peter 4, verse 7. We'll finish on this. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. He says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Rainier, bring me down just a little bit more. I'm still echoing quite a bit. He says, be sober and watch unto prayer. Now that word watch, same thing as in, in verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 8, be sober. Be, take it seriously. That's what he's saying. Watch. Be on the lookout. But notice how, the, how it works. Watch unto prayer. Lord, I don't know what to pray about. There's a good chance then you're not watching. Look around and go, okay, I'm, I'm struggling with this. This isn't working out. God, can you please tell me why? What am I missing about this, Lord? I, I feel confused and overwhelmed. I feel anxious and stressed. The Bible says be careful for nothing. So God, something's gone wrong because my heart and mind are all over the place. And you said that you would keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. You said you'd give me a peace that passes all understanding. So I know something's not right. 
So God, I'm gonna, now that I, I've seen this, I'm watching my life and it's not working out like it ought to. I'm not, I don't feel the right way about this. God, I, I want to take this to you in prayer. And please, I'm taking the thought captive and bringing it unto the obedience of Christ. Just show me what to do about this. Real good, strong, deep prayer starts with watching. You watch unto prayer. You look around and you go, man, I noticed so-and-so, they didn't look so hot today. Something doesn't seem right. Let me go pray about that. There are people that are rich and wealthy and prosperous, but they don't know Christ. We see that every day. We watch that. We go, yo, if, if something doesn't come right in their, in their heart, they're going to go to hell having everything this world has to offer. Let's go pray about that. You see, what we can do is look at life and then take what we know about the Bible and that tells us what to pray about. But now we're paying, we have to pay attention. We don't just step into the prayer closet and go, okay, Lord, here I am. Uh, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Help me with this, this, this. Okay, that's the list. Done. In Jesus' name, off I go. Because our prayers often get monotonous, right? We fall into a rut because we're not watching. Give attendance. Pay attention. Attend, attend unto God's cry. When he cries out, say, God, I'm going to take it seriously. I'll do something about it. Let's all stand if you would, please. Father, help us. Today we, uh, we believe what you said, that you stand at the door and knock. So, Lord, to the best of our ability, we want to open that door now and, and invite you, please come in, stay a while, sup with us and us with you, open to us the Scriptures, touch our hearts before we leave today. We still have more to hear, Father, through the singing, the praying, the giving, the preaching to come. Prepare our hearts for it. Bless our fellowship now. And thank you, Lord, that we can enjoy each other and you on this beautiful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys enjoy that sunshine.